You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert. We have a full house in studio, and this is as full as it gets, I think. So I'm going to go round the table so I don't forget anybody. Diamond Dave Kaplan, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, Kyler Franklin and the inimitable Robert Bricky. All of us here. All of us with something to say. All of us with astute analysis. And uh, we're going to see what what there is going on. This is like the dog days of all sports. Right? Correct. Unless you're a tennis fan. Or you're a World Cup fan. How many dollars do you think Fox lost on World Cup coverage, Trent? Eh, Probably a lot. I mean, every time they talked about it, they said, this is the greatest World Cup ever. Dude. So, in my experience, anytime you have to tell somebody I'm the greatest ever, you're really yeah, not. you're not. I'm really religious. No, you're not. Yeah. So, They're usually wow. the worst. You know what I mean? Did you guys watch the final? I did. Did you? Yep. How would you feel about the outcome? France wins 4-2. I was rooting for France. Uh, I'm glad Mbappe scored. I love that Mbappe. kid. First yeah. of all, how cool is his name? It's Mbappe. Killian. Killian. He's Mbappe. named after a beer. Right. Mbappe. <laughs> That's an all-time name. He's like 19. I know. Yeah. And and the transfer fees that are being bandied about for this kid are 85, 100 million euros. It's out of control. Nobody knew who this guy was, really, until the World Cup. And everything, you know, for the passive soccer folks, it was – Messi, Ronaldo, Messi, Ronaldo. This kid jumped off of screens all over the world and has kind of gone to that next level. And Brandon, you and I have been talking about it. It's almost about time for that torch to pass from Messi and Ronaldo to Mbappe and whom? I think it's Neymar. Do you really? Yeah, I think Neymar, you know how they do these trades now. They're actually, what do they call it? Transactions? Transfers. Transfers. So Neymar had the number one transfer in, you know, relatively recent memory. And now I think uh, Mbappe is about to have the very next transfer. He Didn't he make like $200 million last year or something like that? Something Ooh. crazy? Or he, he might ha- be the next transfer. for Mbappe makes $20.5 million a year. So his transfer fee... Maybe Transfer over fee is over two hundred million. Dollars. I don't know if I don't know I if think it'll they get turned down. Ronaldo. Real Madrid or uh, Paris turned PSG. down hundred and ninety million dollars. I ah, see. I don't know if that's true or not, though. That's what that's, was rumored during the the. Cup. Yeah, but there were a lot of rumors, and there was a rumor that he had one agreed to that was for eighty eight million and all this. Now, just to give context to those who don't follow soccer closely, Ronaldo is on the way from Real Madrid to Juventus. Yes. So he's moving from Spain to Italy. 
His transfer is the biggest transfer fee of all time. Okay. It's 100 million euros. So 100 million euros computes to about 113 million dollars if if I'm not mistaken without looking at today's conversion rate. Is yeah. that like Bitcoin euros? <laughs> well, here's the here's the other thing too is that it's been misreported some places. In fact, I actually had a conversation with somebody and had to had to bring him up to speed. Along with the transfer from Real Madrid to Juventus, he signed a new four-year contract. And that contract was for 30 million euros a year, which comes out to about $35 million a year. It was reported, misreported, that his total deal was the transfer fee of $100 million plus his contract and that he was going to be making 60, 65 million euros or dollars a year. That's not the case. Juventus is paying that 100 million euros to Real Madrid. That's how it works. They don't trade players often in European soccer. They just sell them, which probably... Well, I do think that I love how they changed it from selling players. Right, to selling transfer Selling athletes fee. to transfer fees. Yeah. No, I mean, it's always, I mean it, it's always been that way in, in European soccer, and it works well for the leagues inside the same country. Because, for instance, the third and fourth division teams in England, if they catch lightning in a bottle with a young kid, they can sell him to Liverpool or Manchester United or Arsenal for, you know, $10 million. Well, that's operating capital for the next, you know, three or four years for them. So that's how they sustain themselves, not by building up, you know, a team that can compete with the Chelsea's and Man City's and the rest of Well, I think the stakes just got higher because the reports out of uh, England right now is Manchester United is ready to offer $300 million for Mbappe. You know what? Prior to the show, we were talking about getting soccer started here in Lee County. Yeah. We offer three hundred million. We get Mbappe to come <laughs> start our franchise. Wow! We might have to make a little larger stadium, but hey, you said you wanted to get it rolling. We have to offer three hundred million and one dollar, and we can get Mbappe. I'm all for that. Manchester I mean, United, three hundred million because they're making a hundred and fifty to hundred and eighty. Having and I'm the worst pronouncing people's names, but somebody that played on the French team, they're making that money off of his transfer fee. They're going to rope that into a three hundred million dollar offer to steal Mbappe. LeBron, who and that came out three Trent. hours ago on Trent, the British press. Trent went all prices right, dude. Three hundred million plus one dollar. One dollar. As he was reading that, did you see his eyes bug out of his head? That was kind of crazy. Whoa. <laughs> That that's unbelievable. But the thing is, is we're having this conversation with you where you've got Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar, Mbappe. Those guys, Messi and Ronaldo are into their 30s. Mbappe's 19 years old. And I even, as we were watching the finals, my wife was kind of, you know, milling in and out. And at one point, he got off on a run out on the right wing, and she just happened to be walking by. And I said, stop and watch this. And he just blew by the defense like they were standing still. If you listened last week, we talked about him, and I told folks who hadn't seen him, this is the type athlete where you look around France and he's one of the premium athletes in that country to come through their pipeline athletically in forever. Well, in a country like France, there's no doubt that he was going to play soccer. But when we have those supreme athletes that come through our pipeline here in the United States, they're playing shooting guard. 
or they're playing wide receiver. That's the difference. And the question was asked, well, how can we as a country of 300 million plus people, how can we not be a soccer powerhouse? Our top shelf athletes are not soccer players, first and foremost. And especially once they get to that sort of age of specialization, and Robert, you know all about that with your work with, with these athletes coming through the system. At some point for these kids, they have to make a decision and they have to go down one path or the other. You know what? I think we should start restructuring our uh, levels in soccer and include the penal system. So there's a lot of people with no time, nothing but time on their hands. There's some great athletes. You can rehabilitate them through soccer. See, they already have that. It's called the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) You can't tell me there aren't great athletes in the prison system. What else do they have to do? That dude, that's a tremendous that's, that's, idea. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's a tremendous idea. And everybody sort of would jump on board with that because you've got these folks on the far right who would have you believe that all of these Hispanic folks coming across the border exactly. are criminals. Well, they love soccer already. Well, but didn't we already establish so they're like, that's why we're stealing all these kids from yeah, we the did. families? So. I, D- Dave missed all that. We did deter- we found the three thousand kids that were separated yeah. from their families. They're at the IMG Academy down in Miami. They're, okay. they're, they're playing soccer. No, they're in Pennsylvania, the state of <laughs> soccer. We decided the state of Pennsylvania will only groom soccer players. We stole no all these kids from their families at the border, and they're all locked right. up there kicking soccer balls. It's one large soccer. It's like a snake Pliskin escape from New York. You've got to escape from Pennsylvania. Escape from Scranton. <laughs> what was yes. the war movie with Pele where all the – V. V. With right? Rocky was the Rocky was the goalie. I mean, there, there, there's prison members. Like, I mean, we've already established this through cinema. Uh, but do, right. do you remember? Do you the remember longest the longest yard? The long, is there a longest yard thing coming out? Well, yeah. check this out though. I, I, here's a great movie or a movie moment for sports. Do you remember when they were diagramming plays on the chalkboard before they went out to play their their match against the prison guards? Yes. Do you remember that? And do you remember what Pele did? No. He just took the chalk and they were, you're going to pass it here and you're going to pass it there. And Pele just took the chalk and said, and was going to do all that. It was pretty cool. And he could. Yeah, he could. He could. In fact, Mbappe became the first teenager to score in a World Cup final since Pele back in 58. 58. Pele was 17 years old. You know, he wasn't even a starter at the beginning of that World Cup. It's crazy. It is crazy. And it probably is... I mean, he's right there with Muhammad Ali worldwide as far as most known recognizable right. athletes. Well, no, anytime somebody's playing soccer and they think they're good and you don't think they're good, you're like, what do you think you are, Pele? I mean, no, I don't. I ask you, what do you think you are, Brandon Atkins? I mean, well, well David I Kaplan. mean, just think about when we were growing up when soccer was not big in this country. You never heard soccer conversations but you knew about Pele. Yeah, that's yep. true. Yeah. And you didn't know anything about American soccer or international soccer, but you knew Pele. That is an absolutely fair statement. So what does the failure of this World Cup to draw a television audience say about Americans and their interest or lack of interest in soccer? Is it a, is it a blip on the radar? Is it just confirmation that all of our television deals are over overpriced? I would think that I would have blamed the time difference because I hate it when it's like the Olympics are in Japan, you know, and they're a day ahead or whatever. I would blame the time difference, but I think next year's World Cup 
will prove me wrong. You now because do you the mean, women's world okay, cup? Okay, so is you in do France. mean the women's world cup? Yes, the women's world cup is in France, and I guarantee you a whole lot more television uh, viewers here in America will watch it. And why? Because USA will be there, and they'll be one of the top I mean, but dogs. Do, do they care? Like, does the World Cup care about you, the United States? Because they had over, what, a billion people watch the World Cup final? They did, and it's, it's, sort of the, it's sort of the difference between soccer and all the rest of the sports because they don't necessarily need the American market. But if you think that the Real Madrids and Barcelonas and Man Uniteds of the world are not looking at America, licking their chops about prospective jersey sales, media deals, all the rest of this stuff, we are the greatest market in the world when you look at potential. How much they have, would did love the Premier the, League and all these soccer leagues make signing with NBC Sports? You know I, what I mean? I yeah. mean, America's a big market, so they may not care, but it's still money. I mean, no, it's I mean, money that's getting think driven they, in. I think they care, but that's like that's a sport that's so big that it's like it's almost USA proof to this point. Well, I mean, the U.S. has got the World Cup eight years from now, and I mean, how many other countries that don't have a prayer in the World Cup were serious bidders? I mean, you could look back a couple of years ago. What was it? Was it four years ago or eight years ago when it was in Japan? Japan and, and or was it South Korea? I don't remember. I don't know. Bail me out, time? Trent. You're staring do, at the ceiling. Do any of us have time to make uh, to have babies old enough to play in that World Cup, though? In eight years? No, but we got three thousand. We got three thousand immigrants up in Pennsylvania that'll be ready to sure. rock and roll. Dude, we've got pro boys sitting here in Sanford waiting for a field. They'll be ready. We've got Central Prison in Raleigh. <laughs> yeah. That's so a, you we've know got it all. We've got prison made. We got inmates. We've got our yep. local kids here that are looking for a place to play here in Sanford as a Division Three pro team, and we've got thousands you know, of kids separated from I'm, their parents. And don't forget the soccer moms. And the soccer moms. When I'm the senator, this is my think tank right here. We're going to okay. solve all the problems. This will, I will be your cabinet. <laughs> Robert Bricky, making America great again. We'll see you on the other side. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us, whether you're on WBCC, WRPR, Ironic Media, the podcast, wherever. You know why this is my favorite week? Why? Because I work real late at night in the industry that I'm in, and I get to go home starting Thursday and turn on and watch the British Open. Yeah. The coverage starts at 1 a.m. Yeah, I was going to uh, disagree with this timing issue. With the Olympics, it's not too cool. But I, I like when the World Cup, you can 
wake up in the morning and watch a soccer game. You well, still got the rest well, of your day you know the, to go do what you want. You're absolutely home. right. And the other thing, too, and, and it's when good to see that Fox, like unlike NBC, who kind of gets it with the Olympics, Fox got it. And they're like, we're going to run it live. If you want to tape it, tape it. And there were right. a couple times where I watched live. There were other times where I went out of my way, you know, and sort of I, 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 I all day so that I didn't find out and I could watch it when I got home. The problem with the Olympics is you never can catch up. Because no. there's you know yeah, eight different channels yeah. worth of stuff going on, so you, you you just can't kind of reset. The World Cup, I think it worked out okay, so I, I agree with you. I don't think it was a big issue, and kudos to Fox. The one criticism I do have of Fox is they made it a little bit difficult to find sometimes because they were bouncing back between FS1, FS1 and, 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 yeah. and Fox. But that's, I mean, that's being picky. But I do you know love I mean? the British Open for that exact fact. Who's going to win the British about, Open, Dave? A golfer. Sorry. I was going to say one thing before David launches into, like, soccer. And I'm stealing from, you know, 99.9 the fan steals enough from us. So I'm going to steal something from David Glenn right now. FIFA issued a complaint to Fox that they're, like, panning with some of their camera shots. And they're putting it on too many beautiful women. After Are you kidding me? Mm-mm. That's one of their complaints Jeez. that you are like after actually after goals, they're putting the camera on too many. You know how they after a goal, they'll put it on a couple of guys with like some silly hats or like some crazy glasses. But their complaint FIFA now after all all they've been through, they're starting to put it on like gorgeous women. Well, maybe it's as a problem. Maybe it's a Russian deal. Uh, I mean. You know, I think it's a uh, it's a thing that is something that will probably change down the road that's been going on since the dawn of time. If you're in the sports broadcasting, you got the cameraman going, hey, I got one, I got one, cut to me. And they show the – they always find the most attractive female. And it's not right in the sense that it's continuing that, hey, this is just a beautiful woman. We're taken away from that. Why do these guys have to sit around and – gawk about that and have whatever their thoughts on on that so i actually applauded fifa for saying listen let's knock it off you don't have to find the most beautiful person just show the the fans but all right i i I get what you're saying but wasn't pamela anderson wasn't she discovered that way I think if you look up her oh, backstory, she was at a soccer game. A a, uh, right she was at a she was at a hockey game. I'm almost certain of it. I discovered her with a Pam video Anderson she did with Tommy Lee. Libations so, this week. So okay, all right. So what's the category? It has to tie into Pamela Pam, Anderson. Pam Anderson cat, uh, trivia. I don't know. I don't know. If Pam Anderson. We'll just go Baywatch trivia. Baywatch. There you go. I like it. Okay, so if you're coming to if what's today the 16th? Yes. yes. All right. So July 18th. Your teased category is Baywatch, specifically Pamela Anderson. All right, you got that? Your music tease category will be Bro Country. I don't know why I hate Bro Country, but whatever. Sorry, Dave. I know that offends you. Um, I'm not a huge fan. But, no, I'm seriously, if I'm not mistaken, and you can look this up during the break, Trent, if you're not already, she was at a, I, I want to say a hockey game. Canadian football. Canadian football. Canadian and it was one football. of those where they put her up on the Jumbotron and a talent scout was like, oh my God. And she became a thing. Okay, so for 
a hundred years that TV's been on TV that we've been watching sporting events, we've got one example that it worked out for. I, I mean, mean, that one just came off the top of my head. Okay. I'm just Hold saying. Hold on. Like, let, let's take Baywatch as an example. They're not – God, man, I'm going to get in trouble. But they're not putting like, any bad-looking people on Baywatch, right? People like to look but at other good-looking people. we're not talking about the TV shows. And, and here's my example. So, like, I'll use myself – like, you're not going to score a goal in the World Cup and the cameraman's going to put it on me, right? Like, well, they're going to put it on... Brandon, does, does the soccer game get more in, enjoyable to your daughters when every time something happens, they show a beautiful woman that now they're That's internally... Internally, they're judging themselves the way they look based on the TV constantly. I Don't you think we have enough? Baywatch, the Kardashians, all this pressure on the young females in America... Why do we have to continue to do it at sports when we're looking for All right, something else? I agree I got, with you. Hold on. I got to respond to that because I got two absolutely. daughters, right? <laughs> like, yeah, but there's a certain point where you just get, like, it, you don't, like, you're not, you're born and you look at a girl, like, in kindergarten and you're like, hey, I think she's cute. It's like... I don't buy into – of course, we're force-fed, you know, through all these campaigns of what looks good, what doesn't. But, like, you know, cavemen, people, cavemen and cave women somehow, like, whether it was like they, – they they looked at each other and said, hey, I Did like – just go back to the paleo look uh, again? I'm, I'm just saying, look, let's not get so ridiculous with, you so know – let's get rid of cheerleaders. Yeah, let's get rid of cheerleaders. I'm not going to I am not going to name the school. However, I promise you that there is one particular ACC school here Florida State. within driving Florida. distance. It's coming back. That definitely does not um screen their cheerleaders for particularly good looking or fit women. Initially, wow. when I saw See, it, that's, I, no, that's no, 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 worse no. than what I said. And, but no, no, no. I mean, it's I know that it's true because it's a matter of policy. Because I looked it up, and I made a comment to my wife about it after having attended a sporting event, and she was like, "Well, good for them." And I thought about it, and I was like, "You know what? Yeah, that, I'm, you know, it's cool. It's not like I lost part of the experience because these cheerleaders weren't, you know." Nines and tens rolling around. Would anybody in this room watch less sporting events if you stopped seeing pretty women on TV? Yeah, that's it. Now, but I do have a question though. Since we're since we're just going to keep it, since we're going to keep it, you know, one hundred. If they're going to make a concerted effort not to show hot girls on screen as part of what's going on with the game, then I say they shouldn't be able to find the sad, pathetic-looking, crying kid. At the end of the game, when their favorite team is losing, okay. Or is that or, fair, Brandon? Or how about this? Like, if you, as an association, FIFA, if you're going to murder media members that could potentially go against, like the, you know, what you're trying to achieve. Somebody get the tinfoil. No, no, I mean they they have it's been established that they're very fraudulent. Oh my God! And, this is and, the dirtiest. Number, it, it's straight up mafia. And your number one concern is because they put it on a beautiful woman, man. And I can appreciate good looking man, man. I mean, I like. I can see like David Houseoff, man. He's like the most gorgeous person alive. Dude, Ronaldo has the greatest friggin' abs I've ever seen in my We've life. We talked about Ken Britton, dude, is the hottest person that's ever been on this show. 
That's no true. offense to anybody seated at the table right now. No, Ken, I, I Ken's agree. still number one in my book. <laughs> he's he's my Ken doll. <laughs> Ken, you're welcome back anytime. <laughs> Sit next to me, buddy. <laughs> Please. I think we see why he hasn't come back. <laughs> there you go. Have you been stalking? Hey, at least okay. Robert still has his shoes on. So, That's right. So, Trent, what you're telling me is that you feel like FIFA's stance on this is enlightened. Yeah. And, Brandon, you feel like it might be a little bit of jumping the shark. It may be the only enlightened thing they've ever done, and God bless them. You know? Let's, That's fine. Here's what we do. Let's get rid of cheerleaders, and let's do like The Voice did with their show and turn around on all actors that are ever on TV at any given time in any movie or TV show – they're just based on their voice. How about that? Yeah, that we should get away fair? from cinema and go back to radio plays. Yeah, that'd I be can better. Now, since we're talking about FIFA and Enlightenment, what do you guys think of VAR through this tournament? Cap, you got any? Who? The oh. video review. Oh, video review. <laughs> yeah, VAR. That's what they call yeah. it. The video. Uh, what do they call it? The video assistant referee. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know because soccer is such a fluid game, and it's just ninety minutes, and we add a little extra time. I just it's always clumsy when you do a, a video review at any any sport. That's I only clumsy. saw it the one time and that was during the final. What? I, honestly. Really? I don't remember yeah, seeing it, it again. But it during the final was the right call. Right. It was a handball. So I'm yeah, glad yeah, they yeah, reviewed the it. The I'm PPK. glad they reviewed that's it. That's right, that's right. I think it's enhanced sports because they're making a conscious effort to try to get it right. And like you say, the game's so fluid, sometimes referees miss things. And it could penalize a team if a ref doesn't see a particular play or he's got a bad angle, he's screened by bodies. So I love the fact that all sports are beginning to embrace the replay. Well, i got to give kudos to FIFA because I think as, as they've used VAR, the, the negative blowback they've got has been from the penalties in the box on the set pieces where there's the wrestling and pulling. Those are tough because they're very subjective to start with. But where VAR did work was on offsides. Yeah, you're in. You're, I mean, quick. you're just asking a, a linesman to fail because you literally have to be watching two things at one time, and it's an impossibility. And those close offsides calls, um, they've gotten right. I think what you'll see over time is a, a tweak in the way they do it. We'll talk about it on the other side. And then we'll get on to the British Open. You're listening from the cheap seats. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Imagine if I told you that an earthquake was going to hit tomorrow right where you live. That it would be 6.5 in magnitude with aftershocks occurring twice 25 minutes apart. You'd no doubt talk with your loved ones, and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you an earthquake will happen tomorrow. But what if it does? Shouldn't you have a plan? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. I'm the boss, baby. You're the boss of me. I am the boss of you. Or not. M2. Or not. M2. Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. 
When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. I'm the boss, baby. You're the boss of me. I am the boss of you. Are not. M2. Are not. M2. Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. And now, from Sanford, North Carolina, Krista Lambert and Brandon Welcome back from the Chief Seats. Crystal Lambert, Diamond Dave Kaplan, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, Kyler Franklin, and the inimitable Robert Bricky. All here. Cap, you've been kind of quiet, but I want you for five minutes five to tell minutes. me everything I need to know about this year's British Open. It's at Carnoustie. It's all you need to know. Tiger's never won there. He has won two Opens, and I got a little uh, odds thing on his uh, pursuit of another major this week and i want to see y'all's take on it see what you think about it are you ready I've are you been ready, ready. you've been ready okay um about what if he's gonna uh, make the cut what do you think make the cut tiger yep nah no yes yes yes, yes. absolutely 100 okay. percent. it is two and a half to one that he misses to cut it is one to three and a half that he makes it so everybody's saying yeah he's gonna make it he's gonna make the cut wins I'd say seven to one. Twenty-four to one. Twenty-four to one. I'll take that. Yeah, I'd take that. I'll drop a honey on that. that. Uh, Finishes top ten. That one, I'm going to say seven to one. Six to one. See, I should be a handicapper. (laughs) Top twenty is one point four to one. So it seems like the odds makers have them finishing about top forty. I mean, about top twenty-five. What are the conditions supposed to be like at Carnoustie this time? Well, over the Scottish Open, the winner was a uh, a guy I never heard of. Uh, and he almost shot the first round in the European Tour at 59 ever. There's never been a 59 in the European Tour. His name's Brandon Stone, young guy. He shot a 60, missed about a 12-footer on the last hole. Shot 20 under. So the conditions in Scotland this past week were pretty pretty tame. I'm hearing after yesterday's practice round that the fairways are very, very dry yeah, and firm, fast. Yeah. I don't so think they, they've had much They're rain. getting a lot of yardage on that, that it could work to a disadvantage because you have to try to figure out it's going to run keep it 70, out 80 yards. Yeah. You know? You'll see so, a lot of irons off tees. And the greens were actually a lot slower than what was expected. And this was just me talking to my boy Tiger, you know, last yeah, night. Tiger was giving it to He was yeah. talking about it. He so. likes fast greens. So. But he, he's sure that they'll probably uh, 
slow speed down. Them they'll, speed yeah, them they'll up, speed them up it. this weekend. Jordan so. Spieth uh, hated to return the cup this weekend. He likes. He actually puts better on the slower greens, thus the win last year. So How I don't often know, does I, that happen where the fairways are harder than the uh, greens? Not very often. Well, huh? they, they keep the greens a little slower there on purpose because if the wind picks up and they have fast greens, they keep, can't keep the ball still on the greens. So you always see, really in Europe in general, but particularly in the British Open, you see slower greens as a rule of thumb. So you said he hated to return the cup. What was that all about? He did, did he not know the uh, logistics about how to return it? <laughs> he just wanted to keep. He just wants to keep it. So he's going to have to go out and earn it, right? Was the line long, or <laughs> it was? It was a, only one person in line to return of, that cup. A lot of people returned. But I guess, things, no, I, I guess, guess. The, the weird thing is, I can't believe they actually give it to him. I mean, I think you etch the name and, and leave it in the clubhouse, but they literally give them the cup. France never gets has, the World Cup. They never get the the right. uh, the trophy. Yeah. And it's the, the one dude who wins it that has it all year long. Like, it's not yeah. like the Stanley Cup. I mean, it's a, it's amazing yeah. no yeah. one's ever lost it. You know? I mean, yeah. isn't that amazing? If I won it, it'd probably get taken from me at uh, – like when I was at the airport, they'd be like, no, you can't have this. Yeah, like when John Daly won the British Open. I mean, that's amazing that he, he held on to that and returned it for you. I think they shipped it to somebody in his Don't you think yeah. he was like in his they one of his apartments and was like, oh, yeah, it. here it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, bet it was, I bet it was hidden in a cellar of a casino in Vegas for I a little bit. I bet you it still smells like cheap beer from him drinking out of it. All anyway, year. John Daly's not going to win the, the British Open this week, but I do think uh, Tommy Fleetwood would be a good pick. Justin Rose. Ricky Fowler played pretty well at the Scottish Open, so I'd look for him to be pretty I'm going to take that guy that uh, dislocated his ankle. He's been playing real good. Vegas. Yeah, Johnny that Vegas. one thing. Yeah. That's a great name, too. Johnny Vegas. Yeah, that is. Another all-time name. name. It really is. Who do you got, Chris? Tiger. Tiger. <laughs> to win it all, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Or as I call him, E. E. Woods. Justin e. Thomas. Woods. Justin, Justin Thomas, Thomas is a good pick, yeah. D- Dustin Johnson. Uh, he's. I think Justin Thomas has the best odds, and then Dustin Johnson right behind him. It's like 8-1 to one and 9-1. to one. Would it be uncool if I took Brandon Stone? I'd take him, man. I mean, he's hot. He just shot 20 under last week. Why not? Right. Shot a 60. Uh, it's amazing, though. That does amaze me that no one's ever shot 59 on the European tour. Uh, we've had a, Jim Furyk shot 58. On the PGA Tour, it's the lowest round ever. Those some player did it in the Web.com Tour. There's and with his swing, I'm surprised he shoots anything. I can't. Uh, it's I can't watch it. He can repeat it's unbearable. it. That hitch is unreal. That's wild. It's all about repeating it. And there's probably been 12 He's not players be on the PGA Tour. I'm guessing that shot 59, but none on the European Tour. Who was the first one? Was it Al Guyberger? Yes. I shot. That, that, that I that's, it? That, that's impressive right there. I shot that's a 59 once. At putt putt in Florida. Yeah, I was gonna holes. say I give you fifty nine on, on the, the front. front. Yeah. On the front nine, yeah. Do you think right. uh, hey, who they, out there's got who out there's got a weekend tournament for us to put a team into? Anybody that's out there listening's got a got a line on a on a weekend tournament for us to come play for play in, let me know. I am unavailable during most weeks right now and I'm dying to play a tournament. In what golf? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. I thought summer league basketball or something. Summer league basketball? Yeah. Hey. What are you guys – how many games have you watched? Seven or eight. Seven or eight. Who's Who's been wow. the one player that's jumped out at you and Seven blown you away? You know – Trey Young for sure. I, I haven't – okay, I've been watching it for different purposes. Last week. Okay. I've you been scouting, watching you're it. looking for talent. No. <laughs> I wish that were the case. 
I've been looking for offensive sets. Ah. So I've been looking at some spacing, and you know, I've got a coach coming up this 2019 season. So yes, and I've been out of the loop a little bit. So I've got to get my mind right. trained identifying sets again. Very interesting. I can always help you with that, Robert. Well, I know. Well, you know, I haven't gotten to that level yet, but when See, I get there, do they have a Brandon playbook? will be at the chalkboard like, look, I go dribble, 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 shoot. <laughs> do they have a playbook in basketball? Like, does Coach K say, here you go, freshman, read this? No, they probably have a number of sets, and they probably have it digital. It's on a digital file. Back in the day, it would be a playbook. But we had a workout last Friday, and uh, there were a lot of guys that played in Europe. And one guy, C.J. Williams from NC State, mm-hmm. it was fun to watch because it was a it was a high level game. Guys knew how to play. It was just I've seen a lot of bad basketball, but that was fun to watch. I'm telling you, I mean, a lot of coaches won't admit that, but you watch these AAU tournaments and it's garbage. You know, it Tar Heels. If you got. Coach K's playbook or Calipari's playbook, it's like one page. It says get the best players. Yeah. And that's pretty much it, right? Score more points than the opponent. I mean, Duke, Duke has really simplified it. They they run – when Coach K spent time with uh, – what's uh, Houston's coach's name? D'Antoni. D'Antoni. He really changed his philosophy about the game. He, he really? really opened up the floor, and, huh. and he started going with pro sets instead of a lot of stuff that had been run in college. So they run – they have tendencies, not necessarily plays. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. It's usually a dribble, penetrate, and kick. That's, that's probably helping yeah, That's how recruiting. all offense is based now. Right. But because of the proliferation of the three-point shot, right. everybody puts four guys out way past the three-point line – Drive, kick. You got to have shooters. So, did you see any players that stood out this summer so far? In the summer league? Yeah. Uh, one guy from Duke has played well. Who's that? Grayson Allen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, how many games have you watched? You know what? Here in take, give or take, when I don't have the kids on that, which is last week. I watch a few games, man. I don't watch them in their entirety because the people calling the games, man, will put you to sleep super fast. You know, I know, um, and rest in peace, Dr. James Ramsey. Frank Ramsey. Frank Ramsey. See? Jack. It's Dr. Jack. Jack. It's Jack. Yeah. That's what I said. We were talking about two entirely different people. Okay. They were talking about Dr. Jack on the telecast the other day. Frank Ramsey just passed away. So we're, we're talking about two entirely different people. So carry on. I told you wrong. You asked why they were talking about Dr. Ramsey. I had it in my head that they were talking about Frank Ramsey. Frank so, Ramsey, Frank Ramsey, all-time great Celtic oh, yeah, basketball yeah. Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. He just passed away the other day. But Jack Ramsey's been dead for a little bit. Yeah, Dr. Jack has been dead yeah, for a while. Good, and yes. then so if we can't remember and we're all in our 40s, <laughs> think about people like kids. I, mean, I remember him. People Think about people, in, uh, kids watching the summer league about to like fall asleep. How about talking about some of the players? You know what I mean. Right, that's that drives me nuts. And I think a lot of them, like Kevin Knox, has been awesome. I thought you were gonna say Wendell Carter Jr., who like has been going bananas this summer league. So I watched the players I kind of want to watch, and then of course Bagley gets hurt like in 
I don't know, first game of the summer. All right, I'm going to make a statement to you guys, and oh, you may not like pen. it. I'm going to get my pen. You may not like it. I've watched a handful of games, and when I've sat down, I've, I've done it. And I've still got a lot in my library of stuff I tape that I want to kind of plow through. Last year, if you recall, what what player did I tell you, Trent, jumped off the screen at me, and I was like, oh, my God, who's this kid? Donovan Mitchell. Yes. I have not Welcome. seen anybody do anything like what Mitchell did last year. There's nobody that's impressed me as much as Mitchell did last year. Um, and I don't know if that's, you know, foreshadowing. Um, but, you know, Bagley, I think Bagley is what he is. I wish he had gotten to play more than one game. I did watch the one that he played. Um, Aiton looks pretty good, but he's a work in progress. He's going to be, like I said, you know, over the next couple of years, 16 and 12, I think is his ceiling, which is great. It's not a superstar. Um, Trey Young is trash. Garbage. Um, Luka Doncic, a no-show. Hey, Mavs Dad, I did out, hear that Trey Young was going to play in the British Open, though. <laughs> he was supposed to bartend tonight, but he I didn't I think Mbappe up. is, too. Oh, He's going to kick the ball. So what's your statement? I don't remember. You guys cut me off talking nah. about Trey Young playing in the tournament. Either. I'm just saying that I haven't seen anybody that has jumped off the screen like Donovan Mitchell did. The one guy who I've really, really been impressed with, and I have to give Brandon ups for this, is Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox has looked really, really nice. That hasn't come as much as a surprise to me, and I don't know that I've been as impressed with him as what I saw from Mitchell last year. So I don't know what that means for this class. I do, as we as we were talking about draft classes, you know, the, the adage has become in the NBA, well, if you can't win now, why don't you just go ahead and tank? That's the, that's the key to this thing. And as we've watched the last two and a half, three weeks unfold with free agency, I think we, we, we have a tendency to lose sight of how basketball works. You have to hit in the draft, and you have to keep your players if you're going to be successful in the NBA. You can't just go put a group of guys together and, and – buy yourself a team. It just doesn't work that way. Um, there hadn't been an example of it in a very long time. How about the Heat? Well, Colin Sexton. Miami Heat with LeBron, Bosh. How long Wade. ago was that, dog? Why are we talking about something from all those years ago? You just said there was. it hadn't been done. It's like six years ago. Six years? Well, eight when it started. Eight. Four when it ended. Look, shut up, both of y'all. All right, I'm not writing that <laughs> notes down, but for Summer League, Colin Sexton – has been pretty dope. He's a pro, right? Right. Josh Hart has impressed. And then, you know, I mean, Wendell Carter Jr., you got Aiden. DiVincenzo has been a disappointment so far in the summer league, which was Chris's pick. So that will negate Donovan Mitchell for last year. It was. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. We'll see you on the other side. Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? 
Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert. i got a room full of some of my best friends in the world. Here's the point that I was trying to make before you guys derailed it. I hate you guys. It's never your fault, bro. I know. He hates Here's the thing. Friends. 2014, this was the last time that we looked at a draft class and was like, oh, my God, this draft class is loaded. This is going to change the trajectory for these, for these teams that are picking at the top of the draft. With Jabari Parker signing with the Bulls, at this point, there are two players that are with the team that drafted them in 2014. Wow. All right. And I'm going to read you the, the, the top 13 coming down. Zach Levine, jury's still out because he's been hurt. He's on his second team. He was part of the, the Jimmy Butler trade. Loves the stuff with uh, Maroon 5. <laughs> he's awesome. <laughs> yes. And I the voice, he's my favorite judge. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, Dario Saric, who's with the Sixers and was a hit for them. He was actually originally drafted by the Orlando Magic. Then, moving closer to the top ten, number 11, Doug McDermott. Doesn't it seem like Doug McDermott's played for half the teams in the NBA? He's drafted in 2014. That is crazy to me. Think about how bad Doug McDermott is as an NBA player. I mean, really, think of think how little value he has. This is a guy that was taken at 11. Alfred Payton. Who? Alfred Payton, Payton, who's on his third Who? team. <laughs> Who Payton is now is on his third team. The Pelicans just signed him to come in and back up at, at point guard out there. Oh, okay. Great job. This one hurts my heart a little bit. Noah Vonley. You get in the top ten, and we we it's funny because we talk trash about the Hornets all the time. They miss in the draft. They miss in the draft. They miss in the draft. Vonley sucks. <laughs> but behind him, you had Peyton and McDermott taken. You know, they well, could have missed just as badly with them too. At least the Hornets are consistent. <laughs> they draft a bad player every year. Yes, well, that's true. Um, Nick Stauskas was taken as a Shooter, sophomore out of Michigan, Michigan. by yep. by the Kings. Is not lighting the world on fire. Not athletic enough. At seven, Julius Randle. And Randle may still be Solid. a good NBA player, but he should just now be getting drafted. Right. Number six, Marcus Smart. Now, he could change these numbers because he could end up back in Boston. Um, any word on that? What's going on with that contract? They I still stand still? Marcus Smart. I like Marcus Smart, I too. I love Marcus Smart. 
if I'm a coach putting a team together, he's a guy that's going to help me win a title. He's a key piece in a title run because he's not a star, but he does all the dirty work. He can score. He can defend. He'll aggravate uh, on the on defense, one of the better players on the other team. I love that kid. I, I agree with you. The issue, and I think the qualifier there that you left out, is you got to surround him with other cats that can light it up right. because he can't shoot. Right. He'll make one every now and then. He, he'll get you. And he'll it seems lucky. to be big ones. Blind squirrel. Number five, Dante Exum. Taken by the Jazz at number five. Blah. Aaron Gordon was taken at four by Orlando. They just gave him a max extension. He's going to be in Orlando for the for the foreseeable future. And is one of the highlights of this draft class, but is there anybody here? Half of y'all don't even know who Aaron Gordon is, do you? You've never heard that name before, have you, Cap? Mm, Let me sell uh, fish sticks. Eric Gordon. Yeah. No, we're talking about Aaron Gordon, the power forward. I know, you but know, I know Eric Gordon. Yes, Eric Gordon. Commissioner. So I know him. Commissioner, Commissioner Gordon. Gordon. Yes. <laughs> yep. Flash Gordon. Jeff but you Gordon. don't. You know Aaron Gordon, Kyler? No. No. Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon drive a race car. Is, is, Aaron, is Aaron Gordon number twenty four on the Dupont team? Is he wear twenty four? Not anymore. No, I don't know. You know Jeff Gordon's retired, right? Y'all have, y'all, have, y'all have officially run that into the ground. Okay, We're, can yeah. we move on? What about Dale Jr.? But, but my point is, is that one of the highlights of this draft because Aaron Gordon, when you look at the draft in total, is one of the hits there. And yes, he just signed a pretty big contract down in Orlando. This guy is not a franchise trajectory changing type player, and he's one of the best players taken in this draft. At number three, you've got the star of this draft, and that's Joel Embiid. So kudos to to Philly. Trust the process. Wait a minute, trust the process. This dude yeah. had to sit out for two and a half it's years. It's a process. I've been sitting out for like 17 years. Puke. Puke. <laughs> when you going to get back out of there? Still waiting. Puke. I'm waiting on the right opportunity. Hey, Robert, did you know that Brandon said that you could beat him in basketball last week? I think That's he did say right that. Now. As bad a shape as I'm in right now. I know Brandon Well, he runs. took all that into account and still said you could beat him. Okay. He I said, I'm not, I'm not dumb enough to say I could beat Robert. <laughs> Dude, I could never beat Robert. He leaves stupid statements like that to me. But Chris? No, no Chris, Chris could said you would be crying all the way home because he would be dunking on you. He does. Like and he said, he said you had no shot whatsoever. Like you couldn't Whoa! hit, you couldn't hit okay. a jump Whoa! shot to save your See, life. You haven't seen me play in a while. I, what do you I think I've been not. doing for seventeen years? Shooting jump shots. Well, you That's can't right. dunk anymore. You got I, I, I can work. <laughs> All right. So number two, Jabari Parker, another guy, been injured, just signed with Chicago. I, I do want to say this about the Bulls: if Parker and Levine both continue to progress, stay healthy, I like what Chicago's done. I do too. If not. We talked about bad contracts yeah. hanging around your neck. That Levine deal in particular, because that's a four-year deal. The Parker deal is a two-year. could be rough. They'll be like, Dude, is there they'll... anyone out there because it's getting harder and harder to breathe? We'll see. W- Wendell Carter Jr. is there, bro. Yeah. And, like, they got and the Jabari Parker, uh, Parker is the concern because he didn't he hurt two – he tore two ACLs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's more of a concern than anybody else. Zach Levine is like pretty good. I mean, Levine tore his ACL as well. Not twice. Not twice. But Levine's only Jabari's been in the league for right. like. Well, I mean, he's got time. 
Well, he's been in the league. Young, Last dude. year was his 14, 15, 16, 17. So, Last year was his fourth year, just like Levine. They were in the same draft. Oh, you're about to give us the number one pick. Was this supposed to be a good draft? No, or a bad that, that's what I'm telling draft. you. Is the, This is the draft. We keep talking about this draft. This was a great draft. This is a star-studded draft. This is. I just want to give you context because we said the same things in 2014. Andrew Wiggins was the first player taken in the draft. And Andrew Wiggins is one of the most frustrating players in professional sports right now because he undoubtedly has the ability to do things on the basketball court that most people can't do. He just doesn't seem to give a dog on. Here comes Trent, Trent LeBron comment. Go yeah, ahead. good job. I almost I cut you off. Say, Go ahead. What I were said you he say? got LeBron, dude. Yeah. That's the only reason he's on two teams. Got lebron Well, how much at some LeBron point would they have him. liked to have Wiggins back and – I mean, if you look at that in retrospect, it's a whole lot more interesting. The last they two years, they would have liked to have Wiggins back. But, again, the big problem that you look at with Cleveland then and now through this whole thing it's is LeBron that they James. missed on Anthony Bennett and took Anthony Bennett out of UNLV yeah. as the first player in the draft, and Bennett was horrible. Yeah. I blame the uncertainty of these drafts on one and dones. I don't think that six months on campus is enough time for these talent evaluators to see what these kids are all about, who's going to turn into good pros. And and I don't think classes like the Jordan class and the Iverson class and things, I don't think we're ever going to see them again. Rick? I, I agree. Matter of fact, as good as this draft was, I don't see any one player being a franchise changer. So I think there are plenty of guys who will have – uh, quality impact in the league over the course of their careers, but I don't see any stars or superstars. Maybe a star or two, but no superstars. Who is the next? Who's the next one? Who's the next face of the NBA when LeBron fades away? The question that is it Ben the, Simmons? The, the question LeBron likes to think that is Ben Simmons. The question is well, is how much? Simmons. How many years Curry outlast LeBron by? Right. It's the Greek freak. Could be. He's a little old. Who? The freak. Giannis, this is 55 season. He's 25. He's 24 years old, dude. So he's going to be 28 in the face of the NBA? Yeah. Why not? Okay. I mean, LeBron, let's put it in context. This is year 16 for LeBron. LeBron has been in the top five voting in MVP how many consecutive years? 11, 12? Probably. Probably I mean, so he was in the league for three or four years before he started to get that type run. Giannis is moving into that. The question is going to be, with Giannis, that tiny little market up there in Milwaukee, is the NBA and TNT and ESPN going to get smart enough to – Put some put well, some light on this guy to, because they need to send Trey Young out there with him because they love broadcasting Trey Young. That you know what genius yeah, yeah. move they blew it. If they put Trey Young out there, everybody would get to everybody see. Him. see him. Well, and they I'm did. Tell you something. Milwaukee lost Jabari, which is twenty and ten. They didn't really lose him because they really hadn't had him. He hadn't, ha- but that's what he was averaging twenty and ten. They can't pay everybody, and that's the problem because you look at Middleton and. And the rest of the pieces that they've got up there, they look and they're like, there's no room at the end. We don't have $20 right. million dollars to give you. I thought and last they actually, time we talked. They actually hooked Jabari Parker up because they rescinded the restricted free agent tag so that he could negotiate the deal he did with, with Chicago. And that's a complicated thing. But Milwaukee, they hooked him up and let him do that deal with Chicago. Bricky, last time I thought we were on the show, you you like touted Jaron Jackson Jr. 
I watched him last night. You see how he's blocking shots? He's going to be an impact player. He's really good. But really not good. a franchise-changing no. player. All right, you're hanging out with From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on the other side. we got an hour to go. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue, and you can use, like, anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey, bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols. Coming to you from the cheap seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. You can find us on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. And uh, follow us on Twitter. We think we're clever. Um, You know who else thinks he's clever on Twitter, Trent? Who's that? Ray Lewis. See Why? what happened to him last week? No. So for those of you that don't know, Twitter has decided it was time to purge all these fake accounts that are out there. Oh. It's, a, it's a thing. There are millions and millions and millions of fake accounts out there. And these, uh, these little companies will sell you followers and you pay them 100 bucks, and they have all these bot accounts that, that will follow you. Right. And it boosts your numbers. The biggest of the sports celebrities to get hit was Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis, at the time Twitter started purging their bot accounts, was at about three-quarters of a million followers. By the time the first day of purge was over, he was down to about 300,000. Wow. Which is a telltale sign that he and or his people, I'm not going to put it on him because somebody probably helps him manage the account. But I wonder if somebody was managing that account for him, how the conversation went between he and Ray Lewis, because I'm sure Ray didn't know that those were fake followers and was probably paying somebody for performance based on, hey, look, I got you. You know, we're at 750,000 followers. That's the most I've heard lost. Yeah. It was over 300,000 that he lost. That's like a performance enhancing drug. It is. And you know what's crazy? It's like a PED for uh, Twitter. I got Twitter guy got away with murder. I I, I was going to say call. (laughs) Double murder. Well, the guy. That's a good one. Yeah, the guy I've been paying has only got me like five followers. (laughs) Wow. And three of them are me. Well, here's the thing for anybody that's out there that's interested. I got an email from a group that said, hey, we'll do this. And I was like, whatever, man. And. I put down, I don't know, really like five or, I don't know, five or ten bucks, and it really did return a couple of thousand followers. And I was like, oh, my God, this is cool. And then about a month later, they all dropped off. And I was like, oh, well, that doesn't work. 
So anyway, but yeah, Ray Lewis is left with a little bit of egg on his face. That was that was making its way around. Speaking of speaking of egg on faces, um, have any of you guys been following what's going on with the St. Louis Cardinals? I know there's not a whole lot of baseball fanage here at this table. Yes. The most winning coach got fired over the last four coaches, right? Like, so you had Larusa, yes, who, who didn't have the same. You well, I I do follow it. So I was, what's his name? Starts with Mike Matheny. Mike Matheny. He had the highest winning percentage of Larusa. What are the other names? Whitey Herzog. Whitey Herzog. I mean, that's legendary. Name. Leo DeRocher, probably. I don't know who the all-time winningest coach coaches for the He Cardinals. made the playoffs last four uh, in four years in a row, and I think he missed it the last two or three years. Well, that's the that's they the fired him. There's there's a couple things going on. The the obvious thing is that St. Louis is is in a bad way right now, and they are losing sight of the Cubs and the Brewers in the NL Central. So that's a problem in St. Louis because since the beginning of this century, the Cardinals have only missed the playoffs on consecutive occasions once. And now they're working on what looks to be certainly a third straight missing the playoffs. They don't accept that in St. Louis. But here's the other part of this story, and it's pretty wild. Jordan Hicks is a young guy, young phenom in the St. Louis system. Kids had his fastball clocked at 104 miles an hour. Playing at A-ball last year, he was brought up to the big club, and there was a story on Sports Illustrated last week that caused a huge stir because it invoked the B word. And in this day and age, you say bully, and you've got everybody's attention. And the story is that Bud Norris had been quote-unquote merciless with his treatment of this kid. But then when you peel the story back, some of the examples, and I'll throw one out there, is that Jordan Hicks um, was corrected because of the time and content of the music he put on in the clubhouse. It's just one of those things that the vets do. They manage that. In spring training, Jordan Hicks was late on a couple of occasions, and Bud Norris, who's a 30-something vet, been around the major leagues for a long time, he led a group of veterans who went and taped about 40 copies of the schedule inside this guy's locker. Well, it's pretty obvious at some point Jordan Hicks went crying to somebody in the media who took this and wrote this quote-unquote expose about this mistreatment of this young man and that turned the temperature up to 11 on Matheny, and he lost his job over this. And when I look at it, I'm like, come on, man. You know, there's a lot to be said for stamping out bullying that is harmful to folks, but seasoned veterans teaching young men how to operate in a program, whether you're talking about high school with your, your upperclassmen and the freshmen, whether you're talking about college, pro sports, the workplace, whatever the case might be, you've got to be able to adjust people's behavior, and they can't be scared to hear it. Now, when you look at Richie Incognito and the stuff that went on went on down in, in Miami with the Dolphins a couple years ago, that probably crossed the line. This stuff coming out of St. Louis, I can't think of anything more tame. And you want to talk about backpedaling. Hicks has been the first one to say, oh, no, 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 you know, this just guy took me under his wing. You know, we've got a great relationship. But the cat is out of the bag. 
and not knowing how to operate with a pro is exactly the problem when you don't need to when you don't understand how to operate with the proper mindset of a professional you can destroy the chemistry in the locker room very quickly when you're talking about a major league ball club where you've got 25 player and a handful of coaches one bad apple can wreck that in a hurry brick you want to talk a little bit about that while i drink a four loco since the beginning of time in every sport known to man, there have been veterans who have taken rookies and young guys under their wings and taught them the ways in which to conduct business in the locker room as a professional in, in that particular sport. Way back to the caveman, but we won't go that far back. No, no, no. Go back to the caveman. Go back to the paleolithic, <laughs> paleolithic era. era. We won't go that far, but I think it's, uh, it's the power of the media. It's a young guy new dude, as we talked about earlier, who doesn't know how to conduct himself and runs to the media. And then that has backlash in the locker room and now has virtually destroyed the internal workings of that locker room. All right, two things, because I'm going to get off Mike Matheny because people in North Carolina don't care. And the rest of the country outside of St. Louis probably don't care either. But I do want to ask you, when you got to Duke, who was the vet on that team that taught you what being at Duke and being a Blue Devil was all about. You know, Brandon has mentioned Billy King several times over the last couple of weeks. Billy King, Kevin Strickland, Danny Ferry, Quinn Snyder, those guys. Tommy Amaker even, he was a uh, senior when I was a freshman. Because when we got there, this is freshman duty, after practice, you had to collect all the nets with the dirty uniforms, take them down to the laundry. And in this day and age, that would be called bullying. Right. You had to pick them up. You had to bring them back to the locker room. And on every road trip, you had to carry your bags plus the seniors' bags. So seniors didn't have to carry bags. But that was a tradition you were happy to pass down. And and as a senior at Duke, which is something that doesn't exist anymore because nobody plays four years. That's why you have a you know a senior night and you have one guy out there, Grace Allen, this past year. Who was the one guy that you think you might have had the most impact on that came into the program behind you your four years at Duke? You know what? Chris Carrollwell and Antonio Lang. You know, it, it, it was weird. I've had conversations with them over the years. And, and these are things I forgot I told them. But they brought them back up. And they was like, man, I'm glad you pulled me to the side and told me certain things about my career and how to handle certain situations. So... And uh, those guys have been great players and great people. So I'm happy to say I've had some positive impact on some folks because I've gone the other way too. The irony there is that as I was building your Wikipedia page and and advertising to the world that you, in fact, were the inventor of the crossover dribble. That is correct. And the first person to advance the behind-the-back pass. Correct. I found, I, I stumbled across a very well-written article that was the top 25 underrated players in Duke history. You and Chris Carrawell were both on that list. Well, yeah, I was a glue guy. And, uh, you know, somebody's got to sacrifice for Dude, the you, team. Wait a minute, stop. I'm not even going to try to blow sunshine. You weren't a glue guy. You were a featured part of that team. You were more than a glue guy on that team. Um, and I still hate that you got hurt because I'd love to see you play in the NBA. Right. Well, we had we had good teams and uh, we had a good system. We had a lot of fun. So I think I did my part. 
Have you had any thought about going to play in the Big Three? You know what? I wanted to play in the Big Two. <laughs> but I you want me to be my, your teammate? Yeah. I was, Brandon was going to get in, but I don't know his availability. Yeah, your brand is always – he's always busy. He bleeds, yeah. he bleeds busy on everything. Yeah, that's he's what like, he I says. I got a million things going on. I still on. don't know what he does. <laughs> He's like, he's, be floor. careful because he's very sensitive about this. He's like, I know I dress like I don't do anything, but I really do a million things. He'll, dude, he'll get upset with you. No, I get it all the time. I get it all the time. I want to be on the like, and it's the antithesis of Copus because Schlepprock dresses like he's like always, always busy, and he ain't doing anything but putting up signs. Yeah, if you called him at 5 in the morning, he would have a tie on. That potentially doesn't match his shirt. You know, maybe. I'm playing with you, I'm playing with you, Tim. Tim did but stop like, listening to you a long time ago. But, you know, it would be kind of cool. I'd like to do a – let's do a 3v3 tournament. Cool. Let's use this this five. Oh, okay. Tim's still talking to me. Let's get into a three v three tournament. <laughs> let's, so let's, who you got? Not. Yeah, who I mean, got? I'm talking about all of us. I, like, I mean, I, I got you, but so it, all so, of us like in this room because yeah. I got brick. All right, no, no, <laughs> I'm talking about our, this is our team. But what would our roles be on the the team? I if guess. we, I, I would get somebody else. I would be the coach. No. You'd, be a, you'd at least no, be a player. No, no, Dude, no. let me tell Try, you. With, with this squad here, let yeah, you'd be, you. the, you'd be the, the, the featured part of our offense, no I, doubt. I am in such bad shape. I would hurt for weeks if I attempted to play. So, And I've tried it, and I'm, I'm done. There was just, a time in my life I couldn't imagine not playing. I can't imagine playing now. What about I'm a horse? Way past that Can mark. you play horse? I'll play horse. Okay. And this would be the least fun guy ever to play horse with because I know you don't have a 45-inch vert anymore, but I am certain that if you really put your mind to it, you can dunk a basketball. I still don't. I cannot dunk a basketball at this point in my life. Yeah, but I don't think dunking is in horse. Why you? is it not? Why oh, would no. it not be? You can't dunk in horse. Why would you not be able to dunk in horse? What kind of horse game would that be? You just dunk five times, I'd be out. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm not going to play horse against Robert Bricky. Well, let me back up. If you can dunk, then you can play. Come on, man. I'm putting you on blast right now. Nope. Well, we had an argument last week because Robert Bricky swears that he's 6'5", and I say he's 6'4". We didn't have an argument. You're just wrong. When Robert left, you said he was 6'3". <laughs> I don't think I said that. I may have said that he couldn't shoot, but I didn't say he was 6'3". I, 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 I actually felt bad about that because I was like, was I arguing with a grown man about how tall he was? Why would I know? I think he was measuring your height in the the amount of tacos he's actually eaten in one sitting. <laughs> That's right. I think on my license is 6'5". But they didn't measure you. They asked you. Oh, yeah, you know what we were going to do? Trey Young's license might say that he's 6'3". No, he's just garbage. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side. You're listening from the Cheap Sheets. Thanks, DJ Schlepprock. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, 
Would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hey, Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on. Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, thanks for hanging out with us here on From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram. Twitter is our preferred method of delivery. Twitter. And uh, Trent Nichols is responsible for about 50% of the content there. Twitter. Twitter. I get all our followers. Yes, he does. You know, do we lose followers? No. Like Ray Lewis? Not a one. Nope. Not a one. We've only, we don't have anywhere near as many as. Ray Lewis. But we have real We have real fans. followers. Real we have real followers. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we would appreciate it. There generally are some pretty cool polls out there. Um, there's some witty witticisms that come down the pipeline on Twitter. Normally those come from Trent. Um, if it's not funny, it was probably me. Nah. But, uh, nah. No, we, uh, we appreciate you following us out there. And if you would, and if you're listening at this point, you're doing it digitally, Head over to the iTunes podcast app. Give us a five-star rating. We would greatly appreciate it. And, um, yeah, that's what we do. Well, I'll say this. Ricky, you you did a good job with Chris Carwell because he, like, got drafted. I think his undrafted. He got recruited with, like, a pretty impressive recruiting class. I think Carolina pretty much mopped up the floors with those teams in the late – um, late 90s, but through your leadership, by the time he was like a senior, he was like named 2000 ACC Player of the Year with Associated Press and First Team All-American Honors. Yeah, that Chris year. Carroll was a nice player. So he may have just picked up the phone a little bit earlier and talked to you, Bricky, before he like got through his like sophomore season. That well, been- Sometimes it takes a while to sink in. Okay. But, I mean, by the time he was a senior, that was good. But those were really good Carolina teams. Right. That lost to, like, Keith Van Horn and um, (laughs) Miles – who was it? Miles Miles Simon. (laughs) Mike Bibby. Keith Van Horn. There's a name. There's a blast from the past. And the Final Four. Rick Majerus. Keith Van Horn, he's a uh, 1990s uh, all-NBA, all-decade team. Is that right? No. Ooh, I hope not. <laughs> Keith Van Horn. That dude was funny, man. He was like 6'10 and had the head of a baby, a little infant, with a little tuft of hair on the top. Like Eric Montrose. So cute. Hey, cutie. No. A little different. Yeah, careful. Eric Montrose still stays local. He'll come down here and he'll come down here and kick your ass. We've had Jones it on, dude. No, I'm we not can scared of you. Hey, dude, we can make that happen. Eric we've had Montrose. Montrose will get on here. On he'll get on here. We've had Jones Angel sitting right where Bricky is, and he can easily arrange Montrose to like Bring pound your face I, in. Look, Cap is, Cap is the guy to get Montrose on. We'll, we'll get him on here. All we got to do is one two. Okay, we can do it. Allah Abdel Nabi. Uh oh. How, how how local is he? See any he's area? in Jersey. Ah, he's in Jersey. We need a Duke. We need a Dukey, other than Robert Bricky. Can he call in? Sure. 
We I can get up. him to call in. Okay, that'll be cool. I've actually heard him doing something. I think it was for ESPN. It might have been Fox Sports. Yeah. I was way impressed. He does uh, the Sixers games. Really? He does color for the Sixers. See, now that'll be cool. He's good. Okay. And I'm trust me, I'm critical. But he does a really nice yeah, job. Yeah, you're critical. He's, you talk a lot of ish. Well, yeah, it's usually justified. Well, fair enough. But, uh, yeah, Abdel Nabi, I, I, I'm serious. I listened to him do – it was the NBA, and he was he was doing analysis on the air, and I was I was way impressed. Right, really, really. Yeah, he does a nice job. Really sharp guy. Cool. Trent would be better doing analysis for the for the Celtics. For the Celtics. Allah yeah. Nabinu Naba. Allah well, Nabi. I don't know his name. That was Allah that was a little Nabi. racist. I'm a little no, hurt it wasn't. by that. Yeah, it was sure was. No, no. Bro, I was saying good evening. You people. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you people. <laughs> Those people. All right. Kyler Franklin has joined us. He is the cheap seat correspondent for the Carolina Hurricanes, but he kind of screwed that up because he decided he wanted to go serve his country instead and join the Marines. So, oorah. Rah. I'm going to give you five minutes to tell me everything I need to know about the Carolina Hurricanes for the upcoming season. All right. Well, uh, definitely a eventful offseason for Carolina. Um, the Hurricanes, they traded away. The big one is they traded away Cam Ward for Peter Morazic. Peter Morazic. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, on the air, I got to give Ty- Kyler a class because Kyler is rocking back as if he is, I don't even know, is he stone? Because it's kind of like this, and it's back and forth. I tried to tell him about these locos prior to his consumption. Is that he's a young dude? Like three locos, new dudes, dude, new dudes. I know he can't be stone because marine. He's subject to your analysis, but the four loco, I don't think they have a test for that yet. So you're good. No, get up on the mic, stay stationary, kill it. (laughs) Because I'm, I'm, I'm all I really want to hear you talk about is the Russian, but I know these guys are interested in everything else that's going around. All right. So just restart. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the radio, brother. It's the loco. It's the loco talking. Um, definitely. All right. So Peter Morazic, he uh, played for the Detroit Red Wings. Um, he had an okay year, definitely not a good one. Um, Detroit did not make the playoffs. Uh, their fans. Uh, basically called for his head. And so, in return, the Canes were trying to get rid of Cam Ward. Um, So, they traded basically the lesser of two evils in this situation. Uh, They're definitely going to go with Scott Darling as their starting goalie. And I think it's the season's kind of going to lean on him. Uh, And 40 starts and only 13 wins last season. The Canes are going to have to figure out something. But I think their defense will be all right. But, uh... Uh, speaking of the Russian, Andrei Sveshnikov is the second-round draft pick. He's obviously going to be a force to be reckoned with with his pick. But um, coming from the Barry Colts, um, this guy is amazing. I uh, went to the Hurricanes, uh, their program that they had for their up-and-coming players. Uh, saw Sveshnikov play a little bit. It was clear he was told not to really show out, not to get hurt. But literally, the guy stride is probably the same size as maybe my height. He, really, this, this guy, his one step, it literally takes him maybe five strides to get from blue line to blue line. Wow. And he's fast, and he can. You can tell he's not even trying to be fast. He's just this big guy, kind of like a Rod Brindamore esque. 
uh, type of player, really. Um, All right, so tell me, tell me where I've got this wrong. Because the, the Hurricanes are a team that last year, for most of the season, looked like they could get in as a wild card mm-hmm. and then really stubbed their toe down the stretch. They've made some moves, but as far as I'm concerned, the next three or four years for this Hurricane squad centers around Svechnikov and how good he is. How many points do you think he gets as a rookie? I see Svech probably getting around 60 points, actually. 60? Um, I think they're going to put him on lines that work well with him. Um, I definitely he'll be a, I think he'll be a great center. Um, they definitely got to give him Ajo or maybe Skinner to work with. But uh, Svech is going to be the type that he can really get to the net and get into the goalie's way. And uh, with the team that the Hurricanes have right now, I think that's what they were missing uh, here in the last season. Um, their offense... They get shots on goal. They were fourth in the league at getting shots to the net last year. And, I mean, with somebody as big as he is, and especially with the Hurricanes young guys coming in, like Martin DeChasse and uh, Lucas Walmart, they'll have guys that can really just put the puck on net whenever it's needed, as well as we're going to keep Jeff Skinner so we can see where that goes. I think Jeff Skinner and Andrei Sveshnikov can – really bring a special kind of difference to the Hurricanes offense that they really haven't seen since, you know, 10 years probably. So All I'm, right. I'd Trent, be excited for that. Trent Kyler says he says 60 points for Svechnikov as a, as a rookie. What do you, what do you think in there? Oof. Uh, Is that ambitious? Yeah, that's a little ambitious for my – my taste. What do you suspect? I mean, I, I think a really good, strong season. He'll be right in the forty-point range. I mean, I don't. Good think God. Before you, before you do that, do you know what the points record is for a rookie? One hundred and twenty-two. It's close. Who got it? Uh, Tamu. Yeah, Tamu Solani. One hundred and thirty-two so, points. I'm telling you, good God. Even in the modern day NHL, he's not. Conor McGregor, he's not as good as an Austin Matthews. I think Austin Matthews scored the most points as a rookie his rookie year. Last lately. twenty year, last twenty years, who has the most points as a rookie? Uh, last twenty years. In the last twenty years, who has the most points as a rookie? I'm not sure. Ovechkin. Yeah, it's got to be Ov. How many did he have? One hundred six. Okay. Well, you don't think, but you think no. sixty is unachievable for. No, I think he'll push 60. You guys say Sveshnikov. I'm just going to call him the Russian. Yeah, the Russian. Me too. I like what color call him Svech. Yeah, Kane fans call him Svech. Okay. So, so listen, uh, last year Matthew Brazil scored 85 points as a rookie. Clayton Keller scored 65. Then uh, Yanni Gord scored 64. So you've got, well, maybe you're right. you got to be in the 50 to 60 point mark range. So, all right, what do you got? I'm going to go 55. 55. Brandon, what do you got? So, Ajo had 65. Okay. Last year. Um, his only year. I like because he's he's a little more physical, can play in front of the net, which we had none of last season. Correct. You can see those points adding up a lot more because, I mean – just a couple of redirections on like a couple of home or away stretches can get his points up. So I can say I can see him being around 60, 60 points. All right, I'm going to set 
My official Chris DeLambert over under at 84 and a half points. Wow. I think he lights Carolina, the whole state. I think this is the cat we've been waiting on, and he galvanizes this state behind the Hurricanes and re-energizes the entire franchise. I think this is what we've been waiting for, and I expect him to light it up from day one. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Welcome back to the Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, and of course, companionship. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. Fantastic cat. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris Lambert. Professor Trent Nichols and Kyler Franklin are here, and Robert Bricky, David Kaplan, and Brandon Atkins are not. It's kind of crazy. And Trent Dang has all. just... The, the, this segment of the show brought to you by Four Loco. Four Loco. Trent has just pulled himself some great Four Loco, and I'm not 100% certain that he's ever had this before. No. I've Have you not? No. Oh, gosh. I don't know what take a loco Take a swig is. of that, and I, I want to watch and give the play-by-play. He's taken a Ooh. whiff of it. He says, ooh. This is 12% by volume. Doesn't doesn't feel like a whole lot going in there, right? No, it's pretty smooth. All right. Well, that was about five times what you normally get from a beer. Wow. That's where the danger lies. That is uh, – that could be – some danger especially for me a man who does not drink now normally the danger lies with idiots around kyler's age because they don't they don't know any better they really just don't now they you don't just go. so you just do it tonight the home run derby is going on you got a live update for <coughs> Trent? yeah let me take a look here well, I... while you do i'm going to ask you a question and kyler i'll let you answer this i wish brandon was in here for this but he's he, i don't know he's running around the building somewhere my question is, if the players don't give a rip about the All-Star game and who wins, why should I care who wins? Hmm. Do you have a good answer for that? No, because you know what? I was driving around today going, why would I watch the All-Star game and there's no point to it? There really isn't. So who cares? I mean, baseball has been pretty, pretty rough this year. So I don't really feel like I'm going to be watching. I might have watched the Home Run Derby. 
Sorry for dragging you away from it. No, it's all right. So what's status? What's going on? So right now they're in the second round, and the youngin Hoskins from the Phillies put up 20 home runs in the second round. Wow. He's battling Kyle Scherberbler. Scherbler. Schwarbler. Schwarbler. I almost mispronounced his name just because you did. <laughs> He's battling that. He had 20 home runs. It looks like Kyle just hit his 21st nice. right at the buzzer to advance to the finals against either Muncie or Bryce Harper, who hit 14 home runs in the first round to advance to the semifinals. I will bet you a dollar Bryce Harper wins this whole thing. I've never heard of this Muncie guy. <laughs> he's a Dodger, I guess, and he's up to bat in round two. That right there is the problem with the <laughs> All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby is that baseball has lost its way. And I actually heard, I was listening to an interview with Dave Sampson today, former general manager, and he talked about one of the mechanisms Major League Baseball might use to improve the format would be to play a doubleheader and play the Futures game ahead of the All-Star game. If they played the Futures game on nationally televised on in a nationally televised format, I would yeah. be all about that, 100%. Hmm. I'd sooner watch the Futures game than I would the MLB All-Star game. Okay. One of the problems that Major League Baseball has right now is that it's competing primarily with the NBA and the NFL. When these guys come into the league, we know these guys. Yeah. We've seen them. We've seen them for years in college. We know exactly who they are. We're ready for these guys. These guys in the in the Major League Baseball, it's a complete crapshoot. Even when you're talking about first-round picks, 10% of these guys are ever going to have an impact, a real impact, with the big club. We have – nobody watches college baseball. Yeah. Obviously, the high schoolers that are taken and the foreign players from Central America and South America that are taken, we've never seen these guys. So we hear these names, and maybe some of them jump into our consciousness, some of them don't, but we have no idea who these guys are until they burst on the scene. Jose Altuve, where'd he yeah. come from? No idea. I Me neither. Kyler, any guesses? No idea. Even a guy like Mike Trout. Where was Mike Trout before he showed up with the Angels? Did he play college baseball? Was he taking Trout out of high school? I don't even know. Yeah. And I'm a baseball fan. Baseball is overestimating what's going on with their cable delivery systems. They think that guys like you and I are watching lots of games in our cable packages on the extra innings package. Yeah. No. I have the extra innings package at the house. I have not watched a game yet, and we're halfway through the season. I have not watched a single full baseball game that did not involve the the Cincinnati Reds. You, on the other hand, you're a Mets fan, correct? Yep. How many games have you watched that were not the Mets? <sighs> baseball right now, none, actually. I haven't. And you and I are as about as uh, about as big a baseball fans as anybody I know. Yeah, baseball fans are not fans of baseball. They're not watching everything. I would rather eat glass than watch the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah, and I mean, I pay one hundred and thirty nine dollars a year to get NHL center ice, and I'll be honest with you, when 
I'm there and nobody else is there, I'll watch every single hockey game, not just the Chicago Blackhawks. I'll watch from 7 o'clock until 1 a.m. And I'm and the same way with the NFL. Game. I've, got the se- I've got the season ticket package, and yes, I'm going to watch the Bengals first, but I'm flipping back and forth. I'm looking at other games. And then if the Bengals are playing early, the afternoon game, I'm picking one or two of those out, and I'm going to bounce back and forth between those. I got it. Baseball? No, talk. Nope. No. And I said I would rather eat glass than watch the Yankees play the Red Sox. That's a premium <laughs> matchup. The Royals and the Twins? Yeah, come no on. No chance. Yeah. No chance. Baseball doesn't seem to get that. And they're talking about, you know, right now, well, we want to do away with the requirement to have one player from each team in the All-Star game. Let me tell you something. The only reason – nope. Not even a true statement. There are two reasons. Two reasons I'm going to watch the All-Star game. One, there are three reds in it. Mm -hmm. Two, I don't have anything else to do. (laughs) I'm dead serious. As much as I thought, you know, playing for home field advantage in the playoffs is a bad idea, taking that away was even worse because these players obviously don't give a rip about this game. Well, I, it's managed ridiculously at this point. And it's more than just an exhibition. And it may be rained out. Cool. Would well, anybody see, care? And that's the thing. I didn't I didn't think they should make it where you get the home field advantage. I think it was kind of crazy, but honestly, the years that they had it, I probably watched that game more. Yeah. Because in now. the end, it did matter. And yep. these guys have gone out of their way to let you know they don't really care. This is a showcase event. Cool. Showcase event? Dude, I I, I don't care. Kyler, you a baseball fan? I am. You going to watch the All-Star game? Uh, No. They no. took all the importance out of it. So. Yeah, you can't put that in and then take it back out. It's just you have to enhance it. And what have they enhanced it with? Nothing. Nothing. They enhance it by paying the players a little bit more. And, and I will give them I will give MLB that they recognize that they are losing ground to the NBA and the NFL because this past weekend they trotted out their lame attempt at viability and had a home run derby selection show. <laughs> What? First Where was all, that on? I don't give three rips. So who selected the players who to cares? do the home run? I don't, don't know. I didn't watch volunteer it. for it? You I'm know how I found out fans. about it? Huh. My mother called me. And asked if you watched Are it. Are you going to watch this nonsense? And I was like, what do you think? No, this is stupid. Well, yeah, no, I didn't know it was a thing until you called. But no, I'm not going to watch it and would rather watch paint dry then watch the MLB Home Run Derby selection show. But MLB, at least there's a glimmer there, and you can see that they understand that they're losing ground to the other sports, but I don't know that they understand how to fix it. So what would you think about this weekend if they went into more of a skills competition where you had, like, outfielders trying to throw into, like, you know, barrels or whatever? It could be cool, but what I'd really like to see – is them incorporate the international aspect. Yeah. The coolest idea that I have seen 
for an all-star game is MLS. When MLS used to do the international players against the American players. Mm -hmm. What I would love to see at the all-star game would be American players versus Dominican players versus Caribbean players versus the rest of the world. So a little round robin, sort of like the NHL does. Absolutely. I do a three-on-three tournament. Absolutely. How cool could that be? Maybe instead of the home run derby, they do two days and then the championship and third I mean, place game. Do the home tomorrow. run derby or not do it? I don't give you do a, a five I, inning I game. Care less. Do a five inning game. But think about a little round robin, and have and 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 make it out there. And if you have enough players and you feel like you can field a Venezuelan team or a Puerto Rican team or whatever the case might be, but do that and break it up, and and put something, make something there at the end of the road. You know where it's cash for the players or whatever the case might be. Even national pride, because we've seen in the World Series of Baseball, that's a cool event. Well, maybe the except that America screws the whole thing up because they don't want to send their best white American players to play in the in the in the the uh, tournament. Well, maybe the winner of this tournament gets home field advantage for the uh, World Series of Baseball. Not the World Series, but the uh, oh, you know. I so can dig that too. That'd be cool as the well. Puerto Rican team wins all of a sudden in that tournament in three years. It gets hosted in Puerto Rico for the championship. Yep. Oh, that's way cool. Yep. I and really, would, really dig that. And I guarantee you the players would go for oh that. Oh, my God. They yes, they would. To be because the only, the only country in the world that doesn't care about that <laughs> World Series of Baseball is America. Yep. And we just keep screwing it up. I haven't seen Bryce Harper taking it at bat in the World Series of Baseball. And that is a, a an event that MLB has absolutely 100% missed the boat on, just like the NBA. We talked about it with the FIBA, with the um, the Euro Cup championships, mm-hmm. the Euro League championships. Not playing it on the Dude, TV. are you kidding me? I would absolutely watch every minute of that. World Series of Baseball is sort of the same thing, and I'm channel surfing, trying to figure out where you at on my dial, where you at on my dial, and half the games I can't see them. Dude, give that to me. Yeah. Because the Orioles versus the Royals in the middle of the season, dude, I know where to find that. No thank you. <laughs> but the World Series of Baseball, if you've got you know Japan playing Puerto Rico, gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I don't understand why they don't understand this. Yeah, it's, I mean, baseball is one of those things that is in serious trouble right now. And I think if it wasn't for all the national money that's coming in, it would be in real big trouble. Well, and as you see Fox fess up and they're like, yeah, we lost our ass on the World Cup. Well, you got ESPN and TNT and Fox and the rest of them. I, I think as we shrink the number of outlets, and you know now that that Disney and Fox are about to become one thing, that shrinks the number of possible outlets out there. I I really think at some point we're going to stop seeing these mega deals for these leagues, and that's where it will come back to some sensible numbers. Yeah, uh, the numbers when you look at it when we're we're talking about the NBA contract and the NFL contract, and that's what drives everything. It's not ticket sales. It's not butts and seats. It's Television revenues, the entire television landscape is changing. They cannot make money. It's why you're starting to see broadcasts being done from in-studio where they're looking at a screen and doing the play-by-play as opposed to being on the ground. 
because the cost just cannot be covered. We got 15 more minutes to go. We'll be right back. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. My mom always told me, you don't have to sit down close to see the action. Sometimes it's better from the cheap seats. And that's all I gotta say about that. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Alright, so last segment. Trent, here's my question. Yes. Is Djokovic back? No. You think this was just a flash in the pan? He got lucky, didn't have to face Federer? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's been good at Wimbledon. He has, oh, yeah. what, three Yeah, I mean, three titles? Wimbledon's, Wimbledon's built for him. I mean, so we all have our places that we can excel at. Whether you're in golf, you know, the home field, the home field advantage, you know, he's good in Wimbledon. He didn't have to play against the guy that's probably the best at Wimbledon. Would I like for him to be back? Absolutely. But I can't take this one victory as saying that he's back. All right. So, Grand Slam titles, Serena Williams, she sits at 23. Is that correct? I believe so. One behind Margaret Court. Never heard of her. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Margaret Court? When Serena did she play tennis? Is, the Serena, 50s? Serena is 36. She's what? 36 years old. 36? I know, right? I thought she was like 28. I Why know. is she popping out babies now? <laughs> what an idiot. I know. Dude, okay, she's one behind. She's one behind Margaret Court, but she's been behind. She's been one behind Margaret Court for a long time. Well, yeah, but that's because she was Margaret Court's last Grand Slam championship came at the U.S. Open in 1975. <laughs> 1970. No, I, I want to make sure that we're clear here, though, because don't talk about Margaret Court as if she's from the you know the 1890s. Well, I never heard of her, so that makes well, sense because she won her last major two years before I was born. All right, but she 24. She was 24? No, 24 Grand Slam oh, championships. Okay. So the question is, is Serena going to catch her? Who's behind Serena that's active? Who's behind Serena that's active? Yeah. Dude, I don't know. You can't ask me that oh, in the middle okay. of the segment. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yes, of course Serena's going to catch her. Serena will retire with 30 Grand Slam wins. She's 36, dude. Yeah. She's going to win. She's going to win. Come on, man. She's going to win. Uh, That's completely seven more, irrational. Seven more in four years. That's Kyler, not too bad. I, I you know. If you didn't have a real job, <laughs> I would have, have you to be job. here. I would have you in studio every week. 
to be our ombudsman to make corrections on anything that was said. And in that case, you would be like, Trent, the mathematical possibility of Serena Williams winning 30 Grand Slam championships before she retires is not going to happen. But since you don't fill that role. How? Seven. Seven more? She'll play until she's 40. She's just had like two years off. True. She, right, let's she won. That. She's the only let's, person in the world that right. won a Grand Slam being pregnant. Okay. Let's let's think just for a second. <laughs> okay. She's going to beat her, though. She'll win two more. Let's, let's yeah, think about Yeah, I'd give it 25. It. All right. Yeah. 25. You guys are agreement good, on 25. 25, I can see. 30 is silly. Nah, 25. 30 is insane. No, right. it's not. <sighs> I might write it down in my notebook. When she hits 30, you guys are going to be like, dude, you're right. All right. So we got about 10 minutes left. And I'm going to let you guys talk about whatever you want to talk about. Not tennis. Not tennis. No, Please, I just wanted to get that you. out there because Serena, her losing in the finals is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Djokovic coming out of nowhere. That was a big deal. Now, too. he got lucky because Federer got knocked out in a in a match that most people thought was over. Up yeah. two sets, Federer doesn't ever lose. And got knocked out early. Anderson goes all the way to the finals. Djokovic gets past him. Djokovic had been written off. <clears throat> but people better be careful when they look at this era and they talk about Nadal and Federer. Djokovic is in there, and he's still young enough. He's got a chance to make a run and really challenge those guys for their supremacy in this era. And we talked about it before. Federer is probably, in terms of total production, the greatest tennis player to ever play the game. Yeah, he is. So Djokovic being back in the mix is a big deal. But like I said, the last couple of minutes, Kyler, what's on your mind? If you go back to hockey, I'm going to punch you in the throat. <laughs> I uh, I definitely was going to talk about Spetch a bit more. <laughs> go ahead on, man. Go well, ahead. I didn't like how you said he was your second-round pick. He was the second overall Who pick. said that? He did. Oh, he oh, did. Just he to did. correct no, him no, a little no, no, bit. No, no, no. A and B – they didn't trade Cam Ward. They were both free agents. Cam Ward signed with the Blackhawks, and Peter Mraznik signed with the Canes. There was no trading involved. So yes. Whatever. Now, my oh, question yeah, to sure. you, Kyler, is, and you've been in the locker room countless times, Cam Ward being subtracted from the equation and not being in that locker room as a veteran leader anymore, what does that mean to the Canes? Um, I think it would mean better for Scott Darling – Definitely, because um, I remember whenever I was in the locker room, uh, Eddie Lack was the backup for the team there. Yes. And um, just the look on his face was constantly different. But you give Eddie Lack one night and he'll get a shutout. And it's just literally like everything that Cam Ward was to the team completely transferred over to Eddie Lack in one night's time. So, uh, being a goalie, um, they're all head cases. There's no goalie that hasn't had an insane, you know, just there's no goalie that hasn't had a bad night in the NHL. So, to be in the league and to really, like, figure out what you need to do as a goalie, uh, there's no leadership there, to be honest. There's a respect uh, from all the teammates, but – 
goalies come and go. It's more of your coaches or your you know your captains, which the Hurricanes did not have last year. They're going to have one this year. Uh, pretty sure it's going to be Jordan Stahl, but they have not announced that yet. Um, but I feel like the team will be okay. I feel like uh, Scott Darling will definitely uh, do well this year uh, versus last year where he did not. Um, I think they'll be all right on the aspect of leadership, and I think Sveshnikov will also come in and uh, take himself a leadership role pretty early on the team too as well. Well, Svetch, I've liked everything I've heard from him coming out of there. I do just want to ask Trent, with this blue chair, this thing looks high tech. Has that been there all the time? Yeah. That used to be my chair until I got bumped from really? uh, for Robert Brick. First of all, it's like a pretty color. Yeah, it was a really good chair. I really liked it. <laughs> How many Final Fours did you play in? I won more than Bricky. Oh, Actually, I have the same snap. amount of wins as Bricky. I guess all of us sitting at this table do. Why are you calling Bricky out like that, dude? I, you wouldn't saying. say that if he was in here. Yeah, I would. I'm no, not afraid of Now what you do is like pick up his shoe. Jeff uh, Bezo, what do you know about him? Jeff Bezos. Yes. Uh, what about him? What do you know about him? Uh, that he owns Amazon. He is now the wealthiest person in the world. That's old. That's old news. Man. No, it just started. It just got linked today. Oh yeah, yeah. He passed Bill Gates by fifty billion. The interesting thing about Jeff Bezos, if if you're out there in cyberspace and you want to see something funny, go look at Jeff Bezos before Amazon was like the biggest thing in the world, and look at him now. It's kind of bananas. Yeah, because he was the consummate nerd. And now he's a pimp. Oh, dude. He's pretty strong. He's a pimp. He's a handsome pimp. man. Yeah. For $150 billion, man. Whew, I'll make I don't out even with shop anymore for most things. I just go to Amazon. I'm going to play a game, all right? Let's yeah. test your Quickly. knowledge. Quickly. Yeah. This is who drafted these NBA players. You ready? Wow. Yep. How far back do you want to go? As far as you want to. All right. Kiki Vandaway. Ooh, the Denver Nuggets. Wrong. Rolando Blackman. Um, Dallas Mavs. Correct. Dale Ellis. Supersonics. Wrong. Derek Harper. Mavs. Correct. Sam Perkins. Sam Perkins. Mavs. Detloff Shrimp. Mavs. You see the trend here? Mark Price. Mavs. Bill Winnington. Mavs. Jamal Mashburn. Mavs. Jason Kidd. Mavs. Why haven't the Mavs been better all these years if this is how they draft? Let me tell you something. Let me. Uh, you want to know why? None this of those is, guys no, no, got no, no, famous no, 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 until you, they left. Do you want to know why? The Mavs, when the Mavs, because the Mavs in successive drafts took Jason Kidd, Jamal Mashburn, Jim Jackson. Yeah. You want to know why? Because Jim Jackson had sex with Jason Kidd's <laughs> wife. <laughs> Last week we we're talking about the Mavs don't draft good. No, they draft great. Wait, they whoa, just whoa, don't that's, keep that's, their players. That's all pre-Mark Cuban. That's all before Mark Cuban. But no, no, no. The serious, the the God's honest truth. There was a blow up in that in that locker room because Jason Kidd's girlfriend. Same thing with Tony Parker and that one dude. Jason Kidd's girlfriend had sex with Jim Jackson and it blew that whole thing up because Jim Jackson, Jamal Mashburn, Jason Kidd was an awesome. Young yeah. trio of players, and they could not get along. They wanted to kill each other. So who did they get rid of? Um, was it Jim? the first out the I door? I think it was Jim Jackson uh, Might have been. Might have been. But as far as a one-two-three punch, that was a great 
young trio, but they could not get along. And yeah, that's looking at some of their history, though, Detloff Shrimp, I was, I mean, I knew him from the Pacers. Bill Winnington, obviously the Silly Bulls. Mark Price, a Cleveland Cavalier. Sam Perkins was Lakers. everywhere. Derek Harper, Lakers, too. Yeah. Didn't he win with the Lakers? Dale Ellis, I thought Supersonics. But Kiki Vandaway, shoot, I thought he Kiki was a Vandaway Nick. Would have, Kiki Vandaway would He was the first pick ever. I was going to say, would have been the first pick of, of the team ever. Yep. Yeah. And they must have dealt him early on. Yeah, I don't know, because I only thought he played for the Knicks. The Knicks? The New York Knickerbockers. No, I think Vandaway was, Vandaway was uh, I want to say the Nuggets before he was Oh, there. maybe the Nuggets. Yeah. He played for... Uh, the year, who was the best nugget? Alex English? Alex English. I, I have, have a Alex basketball. English There's a jersey hanger. No, that's Fat Lever, I think. I have Where's a basketball Alex from Alex English because I lived in his neighborhood and it was over the fence. I stole it from him when I was a kid. Shut but I up. think Kiki Vandaway played on that same team with Alex English. So you live next door to Alex English? Pretty much, right down the road. That's bananas. Yeah, I got a ball. I'll get it when I go to uh, my parents' house and bring it to the studio. That's crazy. I can't believe you haven't done that already. Well, no, I haven't been to Indiana in a long time. Yeah, Vandaway played. It looks played, just like that ball. All right, Vandaway must have been a draft day deal because he played for the – he never played for the Mavs. He played for the Nuggets from 80 to 84, then the Trailblazers from 84 to 89, then he was a Nick from 89 to 92. Thanks for hanging out from the cheap seats. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.